We are back here at headquarters for another episode of Locked on Kraken, where we are going to talk about some way too early predictions that our friends over on Locked on NHL had for Western Conference Tuesdays. And then we're going to take you back to development camp and get to know Jagger Furkus a little bit more. That's coming up on today's episode of Locked on Kraken. You are Locked On Kraken, your daily podcast on the Seattle Kraken, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We are the Seattle Kraken. Happy Tuesday, Seattle hockey fans. Fans, welcome to another episode of Locked on Kraken, where we bring you your favorite team every single day. Erica L. Ayala here, your host of Locked on Kraken, which, of course, is part of the Locked on Podcast Network. You can find us wherever you listen to audio podcasts and, of course, on YouTube, waving to the YouTubers right now on today's episode. We're going to take you back to uh, Locked on NHL for some way too early predictions. And of course, they talked about the Pacific Division and the Seattle Kraken. We're going to break that down first and then head back to development camp through the eyes of Jagger Furkus. We're going to get to know the Furkus Circus a little bit more. Of course, his first development camp was last year came in this season and you'll get to hear from him about the adjustment between last year's first ever development camp and coming back this season. We'll also talk about Fergus and what he was able to do in the playoffs, including that April hat trick. So all that is coming up, but, um, just a reminder that uh, you make us a part of your everyday routine. We are so grateful. I am so grateful as the host of Locked on Kraken. And now um, just make sure you incorporate Locked on NHL into your listening library. Because as you can see, I'm I'm pulling from the Locked on NHL show a little bit here. I've been loving what Dane and Seth have been doing regarding the Western Conference. And I also contribute on Locked on NHL every other Friday for the Women's Hockey Spotlight. So there's a lot going on in women's hockey. And we do talk about it some here on Locked on Kraken, but I will definitely have more of that on our Women's Hockey Spotlight every other Friday on Locked on NHL. As promised, though, let's get to this first conversation. We're going to get through uh, about just a little over half of the segment on the Western Conference. I want you to hear what other people in the Western Conference think about the Pacific Division. So Seth is our host of Locked on Minnesota Wild and Dane, the host of the Locked on Stars show. So although we're all in the Western Conference, neither of them keeps necessarily a, as strong a finger on the pulse on the Pacific Division as maybe we do. But I kind of like that, right? Sometimes we need an outside perspective. What does the rest of the conference think about the Pacific Division? What does the rest of the conference think about the Seattle Kraken? Or at least, what do Seth 
and Dean think about the Pacific Division <laughs> and the Seattle Kraken, let's take you to the first part of their conversation from Tuesday's episode on the Western Conference. Every single day, Dane Lewis, Seth Topol here with you on this Western Conference Tuesdays. We've discussed the Central Division. Now let's jump straight into the Pacific Division here, Seth, starting with one of the new or the newest member of the league, but a team that made it into the playoffs in their first year and maybe overperformed in some people's eyes, but the Seattle Kraken, uh, an interesting team to say the least. I, I don't think people expected them to get as high as they did, but now the question is, can they do it again? Or, or will they were, were they kind of a one-hit wonder and we'll see them regress a little bit this coming year? You know, it's interesting because they didn't have the same path into the league as the Vegas Golden Knights did where they just caught fire immediately. Uh, there were growing pains, and this was a Seattle team that has a very good core. And so the only thing, I guess, that I worry about with Seattle is some of those young players that uh, that are in that mix. Maddie Beneers, for one, uh, going through kind of that that early slump where the league starts to kind of figure you out a little bit. And uh, that leads to just some struggles from a goals perspective, a points perspective, things along that line. Um, other than that, I mean, it is a Seattle team, I think, that has some very good structure without really having gotten anything from Shane Wright whatsoever. So there's potential that if he comes in, he can be a little bit of a spark to help keep them going. Ultimately, again, you can take pretty much three teams from the Pacific and just strike them from the record immediately with Anaheim, San Jose, and probably Calgary. You can uh, just take those three and, uh, and throw them out of playoff contention. And so then at that point, you're really only having to try to leapfrog one team to, uh, to get in. And I don't see the central as having two wildcard teams this year. I think there's, I, I think there are enough teams in the Western Conference that are trying to get back up to where I think we'll get one wild card from each. And so you look at the odds there, and I think it is uh, in Seattle's favor to be one of those teams from the uh, Pacific once again. But do you think it's limited to just wild card spot, or do you think there's a chance that they they seep into that top three? That's a tough one. I, at this point, I would have to say wild card, um, just because you have a Kings team that added some real talents. Now, did they upgrade the goalie situation? That remains to be seen. You've got Edmonton who is Edmonton. And then you've got until they get told otherwise the Stanley cup champion Vegas golden Knights. So I, I would say at this point, it's probably wild card for Seattle just feels like the right spot to put them here this season. I think that's a fair fair assessment. And it's, I think, like you kind of were alluding to, not necessarily a lack of talent on their end, but they're in a division that has some some pretty great teams, including the team that finished above them and a team that I think will also finish above the Seattle Kraken in the Los Angeles Kings, who were one of the best offenses in the league last year, but were missing that goaltending. And, and they added to the offense. They get Pierre-Luc Dubois. They, you know, make some other moves here and there. I know they lose Sean Dursey to Arizona, but it really seems like all the signs are pointing to this Kings team being great. Now the question is, are, are they going to be good enough to finally kind of shake off the, this almost little brother role that they've taken in the Pacific the past few years with, you know, Edmonton seemingly always having their number, Vegas kind of being the new kid on the block, you know, taking all the attention and you have this 
Los Angeles team that's never really been that bad over the past handful of seasons, but they haven't reached that next level. Is this the year that they finally do it, or are they kind of doomed to still be in the middle somewhere? I think they are still going to regret not meaningfully upgrading the goalie situation. I know Connor Hellebuck is still available for a trade. And so in the event that say the Kings would go get him, I think I I would, uh, would be proven wrong here. But at this point, you know, you go get Cam Talbot, who I know is not going to be the starter, but he will be part of the, uh, the goalie rotation there. And I just, I don't know if that's enough for a Kings team that really wants to try to maximize this window um, and and be a legitimate contender for a Stanley Cup. But ultimately, with the amount of games that they play against San Jose, Anaheim, Chicago, Arizona, uh, they're they're still a playoff team for me, although I just I don't think it's going to be enough at this point to get them over the likes of Edmonton and Vegas. Yeah, it's so tricky, especially just from here. I mean, you you need to see how these teams start the year. But then even then, you look at a team like Winnipeg, like you mentioned, started the year off one of the best teams in the league. And then we saw how things ended for them. So I'm curious to see how things go for L.A. early on and kind of how they attack their season, especially at the trade deadline. Maybe they get by with the goaltending that they have. And then at the deadline, you look to go out and get a, a true backbone piece that can you know hold your team together for a deep playoff run. So I think if this team can, you know, make it past the first round, they, they have the veteran leadership to kind of have that mental toughness that you need in order to push through. They have guys who have won the cup before and guys who know what it takes to win. So I think it's just a matter of kind of getting past that mental block uh, of knowing that, that you can be a good and competitive team. But it is easier said than done, especially with teams in the division like the Edmonton Oilers, who don't look that much different than they did at the end of the season. But the, the big thing with them is that they have the best player on the planet, Connor McDavid, and then a top five player on the planet right behind him in Leon Dreisaitl, if not the the second best player. I mean, but again, you go back to this team doesn't look that different. It is Stuart Skinner's rookie year. I mean, are you really you know believing that that was a good sign and that he's the goalie of the future that's going to hold this team together? And, and you know, are, are you okay with not going out and making these other moves, whether they be risky or not? I think Edmonton is going to be a playoff team. I think they'll be top three in the Pacific, but I just keep getting this feeling that we're we're not really going to see much change in terms of the results at the end of the season. Yeah, it's it's the classic stop me if you've heard this one before. And I just I wonder if McDavid or Dryside will go into the season just kind of rolling their eyes and like, so we're gonna run it back again. And it's it's not to that's not to diss what the Oilers have done. It's obviously been a formula that's led to a lot of regular season success. It's just when you have two guys that are, are definitely in the top 10 in players in the league, but probably like you said, are in the top five. Um, the expectations are way higher than simply being a playoff team. Now for that portion of it, yes, they will be a playoff team, but boy, oh boy, you have to, at some point, do something to get to the cup final with these two guys, because every season that you don't feels like a missed opportunity. And it feels like it's closer and closer to them electing to go elsewhere and kind of see what they can do in a different, uh, a different location, as opposed to, you know, the, the same old, same old that they've had with the Oilers for the uh, last several seasons. Yeah. 
It's funny that I know before we were recording, we were talking a little baseball and talking about the the Angels. And if you follow the MLB, you know that there's the the running joke of, you know, you can have Mike Trout go go four for five and, you know, or hits hit Mike Trout hits for the cycle. And, you know, Shohei Otani does something that hasn't been done since Babe Ruth did it back, you know, in the, the 1900s when you couldn't even watch the game on TV. But the Angels still lose to the Tigers or the, the Oakland Athletics. And I feel like that's that's Edmonton, although at least Edmonton yeah. has made it to the postseason. But. You know, if Drysaddle and McDavid's careers ended today, where where do you rank them amongst you know the greatest ever? You know, lace up skates and and play this game. And obviously, titles aren't everything, but they are a huge indicator of where your legacy lies in the hockey community. And I mean, this Edmonton team, like you said, if it, it's it's Stanley Cup Finals appearance or bust. I mean, anything yeah. below that uh, is is a, a a sad season. And at that point. I mean, if I'm the star players, I mean, Leon Dreisaitl only has two more years left on his deal. You start to, you know, I think if you're Edmonton, you really start to feel the pressure of if he goes, you know, he might go somewhere else. And McDavid, only three years left on his deal. Uh, if there's no progress made here over the next handful of seasons, I wouldn't be surprised. And honestly, the Oilers shouldn't be surprised if they move on. Yeah, I, I don't envy those guys and having to figure out how to keep those two happy. Um, over the next couple of years. And, you know, the perfect example of Edmonton's woes is that they get to the conference final and then you have goals given up like the uh, the one from three quarters ice that uh, that slipped past. I believe it was Mike Smith and uh, got past him. And it just was an absolute backbreaker in a game that it looked like they were going to win against the yep. Avalanche. And it yep. just... It's like, what are we doing here, guys? Like, you just you can't afford to have those types of mistakes happen, and yet, here we go. Yeah, it's disheartening, but at the same time, I mean, there's always going to be reason for optimism if you have those two guys leading your team. Only time will tell. So as I said, we're going to continue that conversation through to the next segment. Already some interesting things and some things that we've talked about here on Locked on Kraken that we do have to be mindful of other teams in the Pacific Division as the Seattle Kraken, that the Seattle Kraken may be uh, caught lightning in a bottle or punching up, arrived ahead of schedule, however you want to say it. And it's not going to be easy to maintain that, let alone to reach that same level, given the way the Pacific Division and the Western Conference is kind of situated. But there's a few more nuggets that I want you to hear. So that's coming up on Locked on Kraken. Today's episode of Locked on Kraken, once again, brought to you by our friends at FanDuel. Take your first swing at betting Major League Baseball on FanDuel, and you will get 10 times your first bet amount back in bonus bets. That's right. Just bet $20 and you'll land $200 back in bonus bets. That's win or lose. That's $200 you can spend betting on everything from the money line to the over under to who you think is going to hit the first home run in any given game on FanDuel. All an, on an app that is safe, it is secure, and it's super easy to use. Plus, you get your payouts instantly. There's no better place to bet on Major League Baseball than FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. So sign up today at FanDuel.com backslash locked on to get up to $200 back in bonus bets. That's FanDuel.com backslash locked on. FanDuel, the official partner of Major League Baseball. 
Once again, I want to thank you for making Locked on Kraken a part of that daily routine here, either on YouTube or on your favorite listening platform, which of course includes Sirius SXM. Just search for Kraken and you'll find the Locked on Kraken show or any other Locked on show that you'd like. You can listen on Spotify. You can listen on Apple Podcasts, Google, basically everything under the sun. We're so grateful for the everydayers. And the everydayers know that I've been trying to figure out what my big, bad, bold prediction is going to be for the Seattle Kraken. We've gone over, uh, you know, to the hockey writers. We've gone over, uh, or we will go over, excuse me, um, some of what Jeff Baker is going to say. So for everydayers, that's coming later in the week. And today, of course, we're listening to what was said earlier in the week on what was said Tuesday on the Locked on NHL show with uh, Dane and Seth talking about the Western Conference and, of course, talking about the Pacific Division and our Seattle Kraken. Let's take you to the rest of that episode. I will tell what this Edmonton Oilers team will do this upcoming season, but the final team in the Pacific, I think, is a lock for the postseason in 2024. The defending Stanley Cup champion, Vegas Golden Knights, and I will say, even with the, the returning bulk of their team coming back obviously a, a few departures as is the case with every team but especially a team that wins a championship this team is still going to be incredibly talented incredibly deep uh, they've checked a lot of their big boxes for the offseason of a few pending rfas uh, for some guys at the bottom of the forward group but i mean the defense of course still going to be very strong Aiden hill's coming back jack eichel is now the the superstar that everyone expected him to be on a good team I mean, maybe there will be a little bit of a regression. I feel like it's never as easy as, oh, we won the cup and we're bringing back all of our good players and everything's going to go off without a hitch. Obviously, Colorado had plenty of road bumps this past year. Things haven't always been perfect for the Lightning, over the, so on and so forth. But I, I would be remiss to say that this team isn't, they're, they're going to the playoffs and they're going to be top three, if not top two in the Pacific Division. Is there any any disagreement there on your end? No, I, I, I think Vegas is as constructed still one of the best teams in the Pacific division. And so barring something catastrophic happening, uh, I, I don't think there's a scenario in which they don't finish at least number two, uh, but it's probably looking more like they will be the uh, number one team once again. And I mean, it's, it's Vegas. Like just, just place your bets now. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That, that, it's just going to be a tough team to beat. I mean, they they showed the recipe in the playoffs of building a championship contender, and those pieces are still in place. Uh, but it doesn't mean that other teams won't get close to trying and other teams won't be gunning to take their spot. And we've now kind of laid out the roadmap of the teams we think will be going back or you know retaining their spots in the postseason. But there's still a few teams that I think will be on the fringe, uh, and Seth as well, that think could get into the playoffs or at least will be competing until the final days of the season. And we'll dive into some of those teams to close out the show coming up next. And as always, I want to thank you for making Locked on Kraken a part of your daily routine. This is our Tuesday episode coinciding with the Western Conference Roundup on Tuesdays, every Tuesday for the Locked on NHL channel. So you make us a part of your daily routine. Check out Locked on NHL. Check out some of the other Locked on shows. It's a good thing to do in the offseason just to get a feel 
for what's going on around the National Hockey League, what's happening in the Western Conference, what's happening in the Pacific Division, and also, you know, how do other people feel about the moves being made? Um, and we're going to get into a little bit about that uh, uh, regarding the moves the Seattle Kraken are making, I should say, from a Seattle Kraken beat writer. That is, of course, Jeff Baker for the Seattle Times. We're going to do that on Wednesday's episode, tomorrow's episode of Locked on Kraken. So make sure you are tuned tuned in. All right. Um, but before we talk about the moves that the Seattle Kraken have made, let's take you back to development camp. We're going to talk about Jaeger Furcus. And there is, I talked about the hockey news earlier, and uh, there's actually a really good write-up on uh, Jaeger Furcus in the Hockey Writers it's entitled Jagger Furcus doesn't care about your size concerns. And there's an interview with Jagger Furcus of the Moose Jaw Warriors in there. It's by Stephen Ellis. And this came out about a year ago um, this month. And so this is what I love about this article right off the bat quote, the 2022 NHL draft was no shortage of incredible names. And then the article goes on later on to say, but none beats Jagger Furcus, a projected first round pick from the Moose Jaw Warriors. The story about his name, though, is lame. His parents saw it, liked it, and named him that. No interesting backstory, no crazy roots. They liked it, and that's it. At least he knows it's one of the best names in hockey right now, and that counts for something. Goes on to talk about Jagger in the CHL Top Prospects game, um, of course, playing with the Moose Draw Warriors, and I mentioned, again, a hat trick. Um, he's been nicknamed, quote, again, the Fergus Circus. Fergus's creativity was a highlight of the draft season. He scored a lacrosse goal during a playoff game and seemingly had no issue taking on any defenseman in the league. Fergus's 80 points were good for second among first-year eligible draft prospects, eligible draft prospects, doing so on a Moose Jaw team that finished second in the East Division in Winnipeg, a whole 30 points behind the ice. The numbers were there. The scouts were noticing his skills with the puck and saw a clear improvement from even the short period he played with the Warriors last year during the COVID-19 shortened season. And again, the story goes on and on. Um, and I like how it, it, it starts wrapping up and saying, Fergus is as confident as it comes it, Fergus is as confident as it comes as a prospect, and you have to be willing to try some of the moves he makes on the ice. And while he's not the biggest prospect by any means, he's got the skill to make something out of the opportunities given to him, and he's going to be one heck of a fine for the team that selects him on draft day. And you know who selected him? That would be, of course, the Seattle Kraken. Uh, earlier this spring, the Seattle Kraken agreed to terms with Jagger Furcus. He's got an entry-level contract that is going to be a two-way, three-year contract, 950K AAV. And so this was, of course, the, the write-up in April 
when it comes to tomorrow's episode, Wednesday's episode, where we're going to go over Jeff Baker. He had a mailbag. I thought there were some really interesting conversations um, or I should say questions and then responses. So, yeah, like a, a virtual conversation regarding some of the Seattle Kraken's moves, some of the reason maybe why we've seen players like Sprong, Donato, and Geeky move to the wayside. But then are we going to fill that with other people or are we going to give prospects a chance? So some insight there. And Jagger Fergus. I think is still a little bit a ways away, but once he's ready to go, once he's NHL ready, seems like he's going to be very exciting to watch. But um, I want to take you to back to development camp. And here is Jagger Furkus talking about his second development camp with the Seattle Kraken. Yeah, I think obviously last year is my first NHL camp. So coming here, you get to experience a lot. A lot of what it takes to get to the next level. So I brought that back to Moose and I think we had a good team last year. So it was, it was awesome to be a part of the run we little had. But it was unfortunate we lost out. But it was a great year, great friendships, and hopefully we can get better next year. It's just you're way more comfortable around everyone, the coaching staff, the guys here, even the guys I was getting the opportunity to play with in Coachella at the end of the year. Everyone's back here, so it's, it's great to see them. And I think moving forward, it's, it's just getting more, more and more tight with everyone. They've told me lots of stuff, but I think one thing is just leadership. Obviously, I want to get bigger and stronger. Everyone knows that, but I think leadership's one big thing. It's something that every pro needs, and I think uh, it's something that every, every person wants to have a quality in them, so it's, it's, that's what I want to do. Yeah, absolutely. There's, just, there's lots of nerves going into your first preseason game, whether it's just a preseason game or not. It's still you're in the experience of the NHL, so it's really cool. It's exciting. I mean, I soaked it all up, all up last year and hopefully I can get one this year as well because it's, it's a great time and I enjoyed every second of it. Yeah, they said that not too long ago. They said, look at Ty Karche and what he did with his opportunity last year. It's, it's really just how hard you work and how hard you, hard you want it. And uh, I mean, he's a great example of that. There's lots of people that have went his route and it's, it's really exciting for guys like that and I'm happy for him. I mean, it's a cool story, so it's good to see for him. Uh, there's everything. I mean, even my shot, I think I have a good shot as well, but obviously there's still room to improve. There's, it's not an NHL-level shot, I don't believe, maybe. Some people do, but it's. I want to get faster, I want to get bigger, I want to get stronger. It's it's pretty nonchalant answer, but I mean, it's that's what I want to do is just get bigger, stronger, uh, faster, and leadership qualities is big for me as well. Very. It was, it was exciting. Obviously, you want to be able to participate in runs like that and be a part of it, and get to see what it takes to get to the last round of the playoffs and it's really cool all, all the how hard you have to battle whether it's just a practice they didn't stop battling in practice it was it was the same compete from the day I was started there and to the day I ended it was it was really cool to see honestly everyone was so professional there the staff the players they just they wanted to win and it showed I I, I don't know I think it's uh it was just me having fun I guess honestly it's it's playoffs are the best time of the year, I think. So going out there and just making sure you're doing your part for the team and moving forward, I think it was. I knew I did step up a role in, in playoffs, especially. So I did that, and I think it was it was awesome to see that things started to go my way. So from the Furcus Circus himself, Jagger talking about leadership, about coming into camp again, and you know expectations and the like. So that's Jagger Furcus again. All of the media availabilities that we play on the show should be available on our YouTube channel as playlists for different prospects for specific athletes or just media availability overall where you can find 
that. So check out our playlist. If you're not already, subscribe to Locked on Kraken. We are able to house a lot more bonus content over there than on audio. So check that out. But that's going to do it again tomorrow. We're walking through a, a mailbag. Jeff Baker in the Seattle Times had a mailbag a little while back. And there were just some things that popped out to me that I want to talk about. So we'll get into that on Wednesday's episode of Locked on Kraken. Until then, be kind to yourself. Be kind to one another. Hold fast. Stay true and loud and proud, we say. Let's go, Kraken. I'll see you on the next episode. Peace.